Hello, how are you? I am fantastic. I hear that we're going to try to revisit this idea of cancel culture. This is episode number 38. Welcome back. We missed you. Now, if you're listening to this with someone new, let me introduce myself. Hello, I am Alvin Shia. This is our 17 Minutes Podcast. This one is just for you, so we're glad you're here with us. Now, all you got to do is lay back, kick off your shoes, and enjoy the next 17 minutes with my old friends, LaFool and A. One of the things that I was wondering how far back it goes, what I found was I looked at the term ostracism. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the Athens democracy. Really? Yes. Cancel culture is as democratic as it gets. If you don't like cancel culture, guess what? He doesn't like democracy. And that's the sad part of that. What do you mean? The first cancel culture was banning somebody from society, ostracizing them from society. And they would take a vote on it. And they used like Egyptian parchment, little pieces of pottery, I guess it was. It happened like every year or so, have like a day that they would all vote on this. And they would give you a heads up, hey, it's going to happen in two months. And so people knew about it. The word was out. And if somebody in Athens was a real jerk, you insulted so-and-so, oh, you're my pick. And they picked that person to be ostracized, to be kicked out of society. It's kind of like a democratic purge. In a sense. But what happened was there would be a vote. And a lot of times people were illiterate, so they would simply give a name and the scribe would mark that person's name and put it into the pile. And at the end, they would count the piles and see which was the biggest pile. And I think it was like 6,000 or 60,000. If you had that many strikes against you, that many people who wanted you out of the town, you had to leave the town. You were exiled. What's cool about it is they didn't confiscate your property. Only thing they did was you were exiled for 10 years. So you had to go somewhere outside of Athens and try to make a life for 10 years. Could you take your family? Your family was next out, just you were. <laughs> your wife was like, I'm going to miss you, baby. <laughs> Don't just be nicer to so-and-so. And this guy's like, what would I do? And it happened to a couple of good guys. It happened to a couple of ex-military guys. When you go in the military, you have to be a dick. And so you're mean, you're hard, and you come back. And unfortunately, you get post-traumatic stress. And now you piss off all your neighbors and your friends and the people in the marketplace. And they're like, I know he's a general, but he's got to go. <laughs> and so they marked him down. And the general was like, what? And he got exiled. And then all of a sudden, a war broke out, and they're like, hey, you know, we know we exiled you, but can you come back and help us? Can you come back and fight? Happened twice. And those guys were like, <laughs> you mother boops. Fine. He came back and fought for them. It sucks. I mean, that's part of being a tyrant, you know? They need you in time of battle, but all of a sudden, the war ends, so like, we don't need you anymore, and they exile you. So your argument is that cancel culture is democratic, and you're basing it on a 2,000-year-old strategy in the city of Athens. Our cancel culture is not democratic. People decide, I don't like what that person said. I'm going to rally a bunch of people up and have them get that person fired or have that person silenced or removed from a social platform. There's no voting there. There's no democracy there. There's no freedom of speech there. The thing that I appreciate about freedom of speech is that I can say something and I can't be curtailed from that unless I'm calling for like violence against someone. I can say a lot of things that doesn't prevent me then from having to bear the brunt of an opposing viewpoint from a hundred thousand other people who are like, hey, hold on there. You're not making any sense and I'm going to call you out on it. And then I should be able to respond to that. But what cancel culture is doing right now is 
if I say something deemed foolish, stupid, incorrect, repugnant, racist, what have you, I can get canceled, I can get fired, I can get whatever. There's no continued free speech there. There's like, you did this, we think you're wrong, and therefore you're done. I don't think it's democratic at all. Look at the word ostracism. That's the origins of the word. Ostracism, yes. I would say that's democratic, but I don't think that cancel culture is. Cancel culture is a part of that. I'm saying this is where it originated from, but it's definitely changed a lot over the years. We in America use a lot of cancel culture and other things. For example, boycotts. We're going to petition everyone else not to buy your products. It's a non-violent form of cancel culture. I don't know if it's cancel culture. I would argue that boycotting is putting pressure on something for change. If I boycott XYZ company because they are selling blue milk and I think that it's alien milk and I get a bunch of people to join me doing that, it's not that I'm canceling them. It's that I'm trying to put pressure and it's usually economic pressure on them to stop selling that thing. It's still their choice whether or not they'll stop selling it. For instance, Target hasn't bowed to boycott pressure and move all their toys back to gender specific aisles. Boycotting, I don't think it's the same as cancel culture. I would argue that it's a part of it, just like sanctions is also a part of cancel culture. Of government to government? Like what we do to Cuba, that's about as cancel culture as you can get. We try to make sure that they don't have anything. Yeah, but we've never done that. So, for instance, what we did to Cuba was just one-sided. Cuba didn't suddenly find itself without any resources or without any allies. It found itself without the United States as a resource and an ally, but it still had Russia. It still had any number of other communist nations and probably non-communist nations at that time. Cuba wasn't canceled. It was just sort of removed from our little universe, but it remains. That was sanctioning. Cancel culture is trying to get rid of you. It's trying to cancel you off. Back before the Roman times, if you offended somebody, they would try to completely erase you from history. There's a term for it. Demonation, memorial, something like that. I don't know. The Latin phrase means condemnation of memory. But basically, it's an old term, which means to completely erase your memory. That goes back to the time of the Egyptians. Matter of fact, that is as most canceled and canceled culture as you can possibly be. That's when they erase the faces off of the statues. Like it takes effort to take down or to at least take the face off of a statue. You really pissed me off. That's a couple of days of work right there. Yeah, that's why I'm not letting this one go for sure. It'll take me a month. I'm going to scrub your face off. Again, it's not like this is some new thing. It's just has a new brand name to it. And it takes a lot less time. Bill Cosby was somebody that offended society. They thought he should be canceled. They pulled his star from the walk of fame. Yes, they did. This is the same as condemnation of memory. Even your very memory will be erased from society. This is cancel culture. There are people who would say, well, but that was appropriate. We don't want to promote that kind of behavior or activity. Let's take his star off. And there are lots of people, including myself, who at the time said, yep, that makes sense. I don't need that guy. I don't need people remembering and doing that. It's such a slippery slope. Some dude somewhere who says the wrong thing on social media and suddenly he is without his job and he's not famous He's not a politician. He's just a guy, you know, making 40, 50 grand a year. And now he's without a job. Yeah. And he has less of an ability to fight it. If you're wealthy, you have money to fight it. Right. But if you don't have money to fight it, you're gone. I know that in Russia, 
under the USSR, this was commonplace. Yeah. Small people who pissed off big people, you just disappeared. Done. There's no evidence that if you piss off the CIA or any other government agency here that you don't disappear as well. And when I say disappear, I mean, you go to redo your driver's license and there's no record of you. You go to check on your social security number and it's gone. I think there was some show a long time ago called Erased, where it was like some movie where, you know, allegedly this happened. We honestly don't know if it happens because who's going to talk about it and who's going to say, yeah, we erased that guy. I'm more interested in the current concept of cancel culture, which feels justified in canceling anybody for saying or doing or presenting anything that's not within the bounds of a certain group's approval. And any group can be annoyed with you for just about anything these days. This happens because the internet. The internet has given us more power than we realize. People before didn't like what you said. They wouldn't come up to you and go, screw you, blah, blah, blah. They wouldn't say it to your face. I'm sure you've been online sometimes and you hear somebody say something smart to you. And your thought is, I guarantee you, you wouldn't say that to my face. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the age we live in. We have these internet heroes these brave and mighty men and women on the internet who can actually go out and just spew this hate and I'll kill you, I do all this. But they wouldn't say to somebody to their face. And now you've given them power, absolute power, and they use that power to cancel this person. And that's where it comes from. It's just this obsession with power, you know? And the smaller that you feel, the more mighty you feel when you take down somebody big. I don't know who went after Eminem, but. I mean, that's a big target. I can race Eminem. Okay, I'm I'm going to go for that one. Yeah. And that's the society that we live in. So these people have ill-gotten power and they wield it inappropriately. I'm just saying that absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that applies to anyone who's doing it. You're not just like, you know, the Republicans get that way. It's everybody. It's everybody. I mean, it goes across all lines. Like, I don't know who started it first. It doesn't matter who started it first. It started going back and forth. And then again, some of these, as they call them, social justice, social warriors, what's the term? Social justice warriors. They're considered on the left. They're just a lot smarter than the guys on the right. And they figured out how to make it hurt real bad, real fast. Because the right would say it to you in person. They, they'd be happy to be racist to your face. It's true. I mean, you have to, uh, I hate to use the word respect, but yeah, there are folks who will tell you exactly what they think and they won't hold back. And in a way, you have to acknowledge that with some kind of, I don't know, it's respect is not the right word. Yeah. But it's way better than the bullshit that happens in other situations where folks would never say that to your face. And yet they feel almighty and powerful for having spewed a bunch of random stuff on the Internet. I don't have any respect for them whatsoever. I'll tell you why. Because they're clinging to an old dynamic. They're clinging to the thing where they could pick a fight. Like they could use the N-word on somebody. Mm. Some crazy old lady can use the N-word on somebody. In the old school, he couldn't come up and slap her because she would call the police or she called the KKK. Now, on the other hand, a lot of people on the left are like, why should I go up and get in a physical fight with this person when I can use the internet? And the internet becomes their hero. You post it online like these Karen incidences. This is why people hate to be videotaped. Like they start acting the fool and they're like, don't you dare tape me because they already know what's coming. You have to answer to the society on the internet. Aren't you that guy on Facebook that was being mean to that lady? Now we're not hiring. Everything is not within its 100% context. It's very easy for me to capture some video of someone acting out and acting very foolish without providing any context. 
whether that context is what brought that person to the point of reacting that way, which is easily accomplished by editing, right? Like just cutting off your ends so nobody knows how it got started or how it ended. We've seen crazy videotapes of like that woman who threw her dog at a person. She was clearly on drugs. That doesn't excuse her, but I don't think that would mean that someone like that should be canceled. Someone like that needs a person assist her into a facility where maybe she works it out, gets her life back. That's one of the problems that I have with cancel culture is that you don't know the context. Yes, it's very easy for me to look at all the Karens who have said and done awful things, but I don't know the context of how they were pushed to responding the way that they did. And I can only assume that they're racist or white supremacist or what have you. Again, it's an assumption that I'm having to make. And I have no way to talk to that person to find out really what happened to them. There have been plenty of instances where, you know, people have been taken out of context. I mean, I've been taken out of context and accused of things I'm sure that you have. I've said things or done things that were reprehensible, and I don't know anyone who hasn't done those things. If you're going to cut and paste something to make something look a certain way, that would invalidate your claim. But nobody knows that that's what's happened. There's always that person up there that's like, there's something not quite right about this. Hmm. And they start digging and searching. Yeah. But in the meantime, you've got a million people now attacking that person on Twitter or wherever and destroying their life or at least putting them into some pretty significant emotional distress. You know, you don't just come out of that once you've been through that kind of thing. It's a power that people wield mercilessly with no thought of grace or humanity, as far as I can tell. You are the enemy. I'm going to attack you and beat you until you are dead. It's part of the new age. Just have to make sure that something like that happens, especially if you're innocent. I mean, if you have money, it doesn't happen as bad. But how do I prove my innocence? You get the original video content. You you show what really happened. If you shot me saying something insane, how am I ever going to get the whole video from you? I'm not saying that those people didn't say what they said. I'm saying the people who are recording them and then calling them out on social media do so in such an antagonistic manner that there's no room for context. And I don't think that serves anyone. There's always going to be that certain percentage that do suffer collateral damage, so to speak. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who really do exhibit bad behavior on a constant basis. I can observe it. I can't control it. I don't personally do it myself. The only thing I can say is... (laughs) What did she say? And just know that this is the new age we live in. I still don't think that canceling works from a democratic perspective, from a freedom of speech perspective. I'm one of those people who cannot stand anything that ever came out of a former president's mouth. Cannot. I also am one of the people who thinks that removing him from social media was a travesty when it came to freedom of speech. Were you also opposed to them impeaching him? No. You can charge him with a crime, but you can't take him off Twitter. Is that what you're saying? It's not Twitter's job to be the judge and jury. It's the Congress's job. They undertook that job and did it to the best of their ability. The whole incident happened January 6th, started with him retweeting stuff and then saying things like, hey, the vote's been stolen. I know. My point is not that he didn't do or tweet those things. My point is that a company like Facebook or like Twitter or like YouTube cannot be given the power to be judge and jury in that kind of situation. 
If he had written, go out and kill Democrats, yes, then I think you have an obligation to remove him. But he didn't say those things. Did you ever hear Gotti say, kill that guy or, you know what, you need to get the job done? The language that Trump used was the language of mob bosses. So if you were looking for him to say, kill somebody, no, do what you can, get out there and fight, march down to the Capitol and you know what you got to do. That's the language of a mob boss. So you think a non-governmental organization can curtail his free speech? If he is an average citizen doing that from his platform like the horn guy, that's one thing. But in his position, I don't think that was acceptable. That's just my take. But we could talk about this again. Let's just talk about it once. All right. Bye. Talk to you later. (laughs) See ya. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 17 minutes podcast. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. They're listed on our website and social media. Have a blessed Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom.